Player Profiler and our podcast network is super resource intensive and we rely on premium subscriptions to the website playerprofiler.com to keep the engine running. Go there, sign up for our player rankings, Dynasty Deluxe, DFS package, or go all in. Those that subscribe are everything to us. Welcome in, everybody, to The Dominator. I'm your host, Billy Musio. With me today, my draft partner and good friend, Dave Hubbard. And we are drafting an FFPC $350 Fantasy Pros Championship team. Dave, we are drafting out of the seven hole. How are you doing tonight, buddy? Pretty good. How you doing, Billy? Doing, doing good. A, my first 350 in six weeks. I kind of took the, took off from the 350s and concentrated on the mains. And you called me up and said, hey, you want to do a, a with me tonight and I said sure I'm always up for a draft so we're trying our uh, our efforts in these in a 350 tonight that's right so we are just got done with um, our second pick in round two I'm going to pull up the board for everybody so we can start diving into the players talking about uh, the players that we like the players that we don't like um, we talk about player selection we did have a question come in through Twitter uh, maybe we'll just kick off with that Dave because it does affect our first round pick um, and the first question that we had was do does the the round thirteen buy affect your drafting style at the FFPC? Seeing that we do have our first week of playoffs, and um, we went with Dig, so I'm assuming that the answer is no for you. But what what does the buys do for you, and does it change your drafting style when you hit playoffs? I tend to not let it change my drafting style. I'm aware of that. That's the FFPC. It's been the part of their staple forever. So I just I try to draft the best team possible, and and don't put too much weight in the in the bye weeks and don't let better players slip because of that. So the answer is, is no for me. Definitely. I just, I, I draft the best team I can and hope it has a one or two seed. If not, I got to win the head to head. Cause I know those rules, those are the rules going in. So I, I don't let it affect me. And for those of you who are tuning in, who may not know what the head to head is or the one or two seed, what that means for the FFPC at the FFPC. If you are the one or two seed, meaning the best record come at the uh, end of the, of, of the regular season, which is week 12, uh, or you have the most points. Um, so the one seed is the team with the best regular season record. The two seed is the team with the highest points. Those two teams automatically make the shootout. So you go into a essentially a tournament of champions where you then compete for $1 million up top. That's right. $1 million is the grand prize here at FFPC. Uh, and then from there, the remaining teams, which are the seed three and four, uh, those four teams all compete inside the shootout or the playoffs, I should say, to go to the shootout. And then it's head-to-head for the one, two, three, and four teams. And then once those one, two, three, and four teams compete overall, you do have a league prize. League prize at first place is $1,500. You can also choose to get a free entry into the FFPC main event, which is a $2,000 value. So a $500 value towards you to taking the credit. Or you can get five free entries into the Fantasy Pros Championship for the following year, which is a $1,700 value. Second place pays out $500. And then, of course, the overall winner, if it's not the one or the two seed, gets a berth into the overall shootout. And... I just talked about the grand prize, $1 million to the first place overall. Second place is $200,000. Third place is $75,000. Fourth place, $25,000. And then it kind of scales down from there. Uh, And there's a ton of options to get credits from 31st all the way down to 
let's look at this all the way down to 80th place. You can get a main event entry, which is a, a $2,000 value. So there is a lot of ways for you to win cash inside of this 350 fantasy pros championship draft. And it just breaks down to one of course, drafting the best team, but two, how much you are working on the waiver wire. Dave, a lot of people ask the question, how much is luck in fantasy football and how much is skill? The, the honest answer to that question, I think luck, Luck is more of the variance factor for me, so I would say it's 30% luck for the people that win regularly and 70% skill because the people are real good at this game, are real good at drafting, they're real good at waivers, they're real good at lineups, and they're real good at the, all, all aspects of it. And people that are novice that don't do a lot, they might be weak in, in one or two of those areas. So it, it probably probably 70 75% skill, 20 25% luck. And the luck, luck in, this, in this tournament comes down to the three-week shootout to me more than anything. Uh, because and that's why I mix up my draft install sometimes to have exposure to other players that might get that have the the ceiling to get hot in a three week three week period. And there's not many places where as uh, today in the world where you can put up three hundred fifty dollars and take a shot at a million dollars. So even if you're looking to do one team, I mean, it's there's guys that have won this tournament doing one team, won this and the main event doing one team. So there's not many places you can turn three fifty into a million dollars today. So if you enjoy fantasy football and and are looking for a tournament to play, this is probably a great one to to get your feet wet in. Yeah, and the beauty, why I like FFPC in, in comparison to, you know, some some other sites, like there's a lot less players in the field here, right? 20,000 in comparison to some sites that there's 77,000 entries that you're competing for, a million dollars, you know? So the fact that you only have to beat out 20,000 is a lot more appetizing for me as a drafter, knowing that I just have to beat out these guys. We are on the clock right now. We're in the, the three-hole, like I said. Looks like T. Higgins made it back to us. Darren Waller, who we both like, made it back to us. Debo Samuel, I think a few names that you and I both like. Is there anybody else that I'm, I'm skipping over here? And, and we're playing, like, like we talked about, we're playing for in a shootout, right? So I think the, the uh, easy pick here for me is T. Higgins. He's a guy that if something happened to Jamar Chase, who routinely in all of these drafts goes in the two-hole, uh, if anything happened to him, he has upside. And regardless, if anything doesn't happen to him, one year they could be like Waddle and, and – uh, Tyreek last year, who finished second and eighth overall in the in wide receiver rankings. So I think T ceiling is too high to pass here in this particular spot. Okay, I'll lock in T Higgins. It gives us a three wide receiver start, have a nice potential zero running back build going. And for those of you who always hear Dave and I talk or me talk on podcasts about the stack and how many people own it, I'm going to punch our team here into the stack finder over at Fantasy Mojo. Darren does a wonderful job here supplying us with this data to where we are able to find ourselves unique builds and, and different combinations to help separate ourselves from the field. So of course we took digs in round one, we got AJ Brown in round two, and then we turn around and get T Higgins in round three. Um, looks like there were 70 teams that had the Stefan Diggs, AJ Brown start. That's a pretty common build that you can get at the tail end of the draft. We were just fortunate enough to get it here in the seven hole. What is your guess for the amount of teams that have T Higgins in there? Dave? I've done a lot of drafts. I've taken a break from the three fifties. I haven't done one in about six weeks. I've been concentrating solely on the mains and preparing for the confined leagues that you and I do together, which uh, have a bigger entry fee. Uh, if I was guessing and, and to expand on that a little bit, uh, if you're going to do these FFPCs, I would subscribe to the fantasy mojo site. Uh, the guy does, does an outstanding job uh, doing what he does, putting out that ADP information, putting out, the stack finder and um, and above that he's an overall good guy so i would definitely look into his site if i was going to do attack these drafts and and any kind of three pack pack whatever you plan on doing but um i would guess billy um 
11? Two. So we are Two. we are now Better. one of three teams with these three inside of our, that's our three, that's three starts. So that's why I thought he was uh, the easy pick. Uh, there's drafting seasons in this thing. My drafting season started in May in these 350s. I did a lot of them. Then I switched to the mains, and it's a totally different mindset in mains. P- players' ADPs have changed so much. Uh, so you can't do this in a main. There wouldn't be any of them. So, um, so yeah, uh, two two kind of surprises me because there's been a significant amount of more drafts in this than there have been in the main. So I'm surprised somebody hadn't been able to put that combination of players together. But good news for the home team. Yeah, there's twenty thousand total entries in this tournament. Twenty thousand of four. Uh, there's about eight thousand entries left. So let's just round, make the math easy. So twelve thousand total teams in the tournament right now, and only three, including us now tonight, have Stephon Diggs, AJ Brown, and T Higgins as their first three picks let's see if we get lucky who's coming back around i know that we do have some listeners in this draft tonight so we're going to want to maybe hold off from talking to players until we're like maybe on deck or, or on the clock you, but you, you know me i don't like to talk to i'm on the clock <laughs> i don't i don't want to 19 players that might be in, i don't even use a cue for those that have, i never do i like to just wait till i watch the board and billy makes when i'm drafting with him and Whoever I'm drafting with, usually making the picks. Only if I'm drafting by myself am I making the picks. But I find it better if you watch the board and you've done enough of these drafts, you can kind of see what's going to happen. And don't bias yourself by listing 19 people in the queue that may or may not be there. It's irrelevant. If they're not there, what difference did it make? So I, I like to wait till I'm on the clock and make my decision. So the tail end, we actually see two running back heavy teams. Uh, we have the 10 hole who goes Austin Eckler, Josh Jacobs, and TJ Hawkinson. The 11-hole gets a three-running back start with Bijan Robinson, Nick Chubb, and Jameer Gibbs. We don't see many two- and three-running back starts nowadays in 2023, and here they are, two two going, you know, two running backs and one with a third. And then the 12-hole gets CeeDee Lamb and Saquon Barkley. We'll see what they do here as they're on the clock now at the 312. One other team, I should say three other teams outside of us, started three wide receivers. The nine-hole started with Amon Ross St. Brown, Garrett Wilson and Christian Watson. Of course, we took Stefan Diggs, AJ Brown, and T. Higgins. The four hole took Jamar Chase, Waddle, and Ridley. Cooper Cup, Alave, and Keenan Allen go to the two hole. How do you how do those stack up with our three? If you had to rank those those four teams just by the receivers they have, which one are you the, taking? The guy in the nine hole, I won't, I'm not gonna mention names, but I don't know anybody in this draft other than him. And he's a really, really good drafter. So if you want to uh get semi-educated on maybe the right way to draft. He he definitely has been really successful in high-stakes drafts, and I respect the guy's uh, drafting ability. So I like the three players he took, and that's something I might have done in a draft. So obviously, like... So we have the 12-hole who double-taps tight end here. They go George Kittle and Darren Waller. Interesting taking Kittle ahead of Waller. It's probably one of my moves where I try to drop Waller's ADP slightly. <laughs> a little bit <laughs> to get that discount <laughs> the other thing about ffpc that's so crazy to me this year i've never seen anything like it any other year george kittle i mean we, we got him in a draft i got him in a draft in the, in the late sixth round so i've never seen that in a, in a high stakes fantasy year where there's such a wide range of players adp like when, when when these 350s first started a guy like christian watson i got him at 512 in, a, in, in one of these same tournaments but earlier in the year. So there's you get in these drafts and there's you might no telling what you don't go in with a perceived plan because you you have no idea who might be on the on the board for you this year because the the ADP is 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 crazy. Uh, the 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 range on some of these players is amazing to me this year. 
Yeah, to just talk about players. I mean, we we've talked about somebody like Deshaun Watson, who I know has had a mixed bag of reviews in camp. We've gotten him as late as I think it was like nine ten in drafts. We've seen him go as early as like round seven, and it's you see this a lot more early and often inside the drafting streets, like in April and May and June when ADP is kind of settling. But you don't yes. really see this this time of year when we get into what we call FFPC tour season, when everybody hits the streets and everybody starts drafting. So it is kind of an anomaly to see players all over the board this year. Uh, I know we know certain players who draft purely based on ADP and value-based drafting. How do you think that's affecting their strategy this year? I think I think it hurts them a little bit until they get, and maybe they get locked in late. But I think early it's they have a hard hard time of finding their way in these drafts because of the wacky uh, way ADP has been. So um, we're on the clock. I'm going to cut you off there. Sorry, but I got DeAndre Hopkins in the queue. Um, I don't really care for any of the running backs that are on the board right now. I'd rather push it a little bit. Um, yep. This is a tough spot. To me, it's um, it's Hopkins or push somebody up. Yeah, I, I like Hopkins here. I think he's the, the clear pick for me. I with both the injuries to the trail on Burks and also to Chigo, I think he's going to have a pretty strong start as well. Okay. I'll, I'll, I can live with it. Okay. So we got a four wide receiver start here with Stefan Diggs, AJ Brown, T Higgins and Hopkins should have probably punched it into the stack finder beforehand to see if any of the two teams had it. And they do not. So we are unique at pick four. Which um, is, that's, that's amazing. Dude. I thought that would be virtually impossible to accomplish through four rounds. So four rounds were unique. There's only eight teams that have one degree of separation on us in the tournament. And then there are a total of, let's see, 248 teams that have two degrees of separation. And then the rest of the field has three degrees of separation on us. Very interesting. Don says, Dave is spitting facts over here. <laughs> and so question here, Dave, why would someone do four running backs off the jump when you could only start three max? Well, you can actually start four because there's two flex spots. Um, so you can start two at the running back position, two at the flex spot. So you could technically start four running backs. And we all know that running back have, you know, one of the most injury, highest injury variants inside the league. So typically some people like to lean that way. And he may have done a few drafts this week. Maybe this is his six FFPC 350 this week. And he, you know, just, just dropped his, his, um, running back build this draft. And he had maybe a wide receiver draft, the other draft. And so players will, change their structures they'll change their drafting philosophy based upon you know other teams that they have i know i have a four running back start i got you know double tight end starts i even have a draft and i did this one in best ball but i have a draft where i started two quarterbacks and two tight ends in the first in the first four picks just to try to get more unique do you think that there's a point where getting unique may hurt a drafter dave or do you think it's it's a good way to separate yourself from the field when you're first starting out and drafting, I think it can hurt you. But once you've been drafting a, a little while, I think it actually a benefit to change your structure of your of your drafts and and be willing to go uh, three running backs if if you like the three running backs. The year I won the main event, I started three running backs and was one of the only a handful of teams that did that. Team won the main event, so there, there's different, definitely different ways you can structure a team and be successful. The problem is is that uh, people get carried away with that. They're they're uh, pissing yellow or what like they like to say and they just never stop so they never give themselves any outs um to to do anything different than that so it's changing structure can definitely improve your drafting i think over time and dave correct me wrong you won the main event in 2016 correct uh it's been so long ago i think that's correct <laughs> 
<laughs> it's back. It was back before diapers. I think this is this is the year. I got two kids <laughs> in college, man. I need another one. <laughs> well, we've had a lot of success, at least in the uh, the high stakes leagues. We've had a mixed bag inside tournaments, um, but we have done well inside of the 10K. So, for those of you watching, there is an FFPC 10K league. There's two of them. There's a couple. There's a couple 4K or 5Ks. There's four 5Ks actually. Um, and those confined leagues, Dave and I have had a lot of success. We're excited to be going to Vegas here in about what is it, a week and a half now? And not long, not long, not, not long, right around the corner. So we're going to be in Vegas drafting here soon. If you're going to be there, please stop by, say hello. Um, you know, I'll be hanging out near the bar if I'm not drafting. And yeah. um, <laughs> and I owe Dave a steak dinner because I lost. The oh bet. yeah, yeah, we had to collect. I get that's the, the only reason I'm going to Vegas. I think collect this steak dinner. Billy owes me. Yeah. What what was the bet we had? Was it Romeo Romeo Dobbs versus Curtis Samuel total fantasy points last year? Right. Wasn't it? You, had, you had the Doom side and I had the uh, Curtis Samuel side. Yep. And it wasn't even close. I got smoked. <laughs> Would you make Billy that bet likes, again this year? Billy likes to make those kind of bets, though. So. <laughs> I told him I'm tired of taking his money. He's got two young kids. I don't want to. I don't want him having to feed me every year. <laughs> hey, I've done well in my other bets. I only I only lose to you apparently because <laughs> I. I, I won my my bet versus Dwayne McFarlane. We're we're going to be drafting a three fifty here by the end of the weekend, oh, and then right. I'm on track to win my bet with Theo right now for for another three fifty. <laughs> so well, I'm liking my odds. That's better than this. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to bet for three fifties. I do too many of those. The big steak dinners are a lot nicer than drafting the three fifty. Yeah, forget the I name, watch, but you you found a bunch of these steakhouses. <laughs> I can watch Billy drink two bottles of wine while I eat my steak. So. <laughs> That's facts, actually. <laughs> yeah, last time it was one bottle at dinner. I, I shared it. It wasn't just me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you actually shared it once. That was impressive. <laughs> we're doing. Um... We're going to be at SW Steakhouse. That's 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 what I'm buying Dave his steak dinner. It's going to be down at the Win. Um, Dave found a nice couple steakhouses and said, "You go ahead and pick since you're buying." And um, yeah, shout out to David Williams, the famous poker player who highly recommended that place. So appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I have no problem paying that bet. That's a, it'll be a fun time just to hang out. Definitely. We are coming back around the turn here. We're actually seeing some quarterbacks almost go like best ball tonight. Yep, yep. I mean, you see that in certain drafts. Uh, and, and and drafting overall, uh, quarterback has moved up in mo- a lot of these drafts, and I understand it actually. This year, it makes a lot of sense when the when the value's not there to pivot to the QB and the guy in the five did a nice job. He, he paired uh, Mark Andrews with Lamar Jackson. I just noticed that mm-hmm. really well done. Um, we could, cause we could have considered Lamar there, but these three fifties, there's so many, uh, so many boards out there and so many, uh, uh, like, like uh, Christian Watson. I gave that example where there's boards out there where people got him in the late fifth, maybe even early sixth. I don't know in early drafts. So there's a lot of range on players uh, that you have to consider. Oh, ETN almost made it back to us in the in the five hole. Yep. We're, we're on the clock here. A uh, couple names to consider. I know we both like James Cook. Ken Walker's here. Um, I lean either uh, Madison's Brees, there. Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, or or yeah, Brees Hall or Kenneth Walker for me. I think. I think I With lean the- Walker over Hall right now, coming off the injury and Cook there now. Okay. And go, Kenneth Walker. I'm good with it. Yes, sir. Okay, Nelson wants to know if he shows up, I'll buy him a steak dinner. Nelson, if I see you in Vegas, I'll buy you steak dinner, buddy. Come on out. <laughs> Nelson ain't showing up. He's busy doing. Uh, <laughs> he's he's gonna be. Showing. He's gonna be drafting from home in his underwear. 
<laughs> he's got to have he's got to have 19 laptops up to keep up with his craft. <laughs> you don't have to worry about going up and uh, getting into your pocketbook. He ain't coming. <laughs> Offers on the table, Nelson. Yeah. All right, we have a question here. I'm high on Barkley. I know Dave's high on Barkley. Barkley actually moved up to RB1 inside my projection, slightly ahead of Christian McCaffrey. How high am I willing to take him, and am I willing to take him over Eckler? I would take Barkley at the 103 if Jefferson and Chase were gone. That's how high I would take him. How high would you take Barkley? Uh, not how high I would take him. I put my money where my mouth is. I took him at 104 in a $2,000 main event, so there I guess I'm, I'm on high on Saquon Barkley. But Barkley's another guy. There you go, Barkley. I've been willing to take him at 104, and Barkley has went back to me when I was in the 5-0 in the second round to a team, so – they're, they're, those are factors you have to consider when you're drafting in these tournaments. Uh, but saying that, you can still win with Barkley. Even if Barkley comes back to a random team, has him with Jefferson or whatever, he has to put the rest of the draft together. And uh, the player he took in the first round can't be a bust. And the rest of his draft has to pan out. So just because you took a player at – I don't get too caught up in the first and second round when I move players around because the rest of the draft, has those guys have to pan out, right? So sometimes people put too much stock in – Hey, I got Barkley at two two eight. Okay, I, I looked at a team tonight that got AJ Brown at two nine or something, but the re- he did he didn't do a good job putting the rest of the draft together. So I don't know if it even matters that he got AJ Brown at two nine. So there's a lot of factors in, that factor into it. Next question we have from Don is how high are you willing to take Garrett Wilson? Uh, the highest I've taken Garrett Wilson this year personally, you know, but I've done. I mean, this is I'm not suggesting this for you if you're doing one or two drafts, but I've taken Garrett Wilson in the five hole. I think in a three fifty. Uh, so I guess my answer would be five zero, but I've also taken Garrett Wilson in the second round. So he's a, he's a player that definitely belongs, I think, in the where he goes. And most of these drafts have figured that out, and you rarely see him fall past to the seven hole in the second round. So his range is anywhere from like the seven hole to to the seven hole in the second round. In the best ball tournament, Theo and I are the only team that have Jamar Chase and Garrett Wilson. Yeah, that's silly. That was silly. I was I remember when that happened. Like I pretty much had to go change my shorts. I was so excited. <laughs> <laughs> pretty pretty good spot for him all right we got another question I mean, the guy has, uh, do you like pollard amon ross st brown start more or do you like amon ross st brown or garrett wilson start more in full ppr I, I like them both similar i think they both can get there uh probably depends on what you do with the rest of your team but both those players uh the reason they go there is they're they're highly explosive players that have huge ceilings so i think both starts are are are, are uh, valid this year if we were in so in the 350s, it's less important. But in best ball, we know the Pollard and Amon Ross and Brown have week 17 stacking correlation. Um, if you make it to the shootout inside of the 350 here, the Fantasy Pro Championship we're drafting tonight, if you make it to the shootout, it could potentially put you over the edge for that week 17 stack. But I still like Garrett Wilson as well. I think you really have to determine and look at your roster and your ownership between these two, how many running back heavy teams you have, how many wide receiver heavy teams you have? Are you more balanced? And then maybe you pick either way. But I think you can't go wrong with either of these two options between Pollard and St. Brown or Garrett Wilson and St. Brown. Uh, I agree with that. Jay says Garrett just uh, Garrett Wilson just went at 1.8 in a main event right now. It's probably Dave locking him in as we're talking. No, no it's not. I, full disclosure, I'm, I'm not drafting. I'm only doing this draft right now, and I quit <laughs> slow, slow draft driving crazy. So, yeah, I'm not on the clock in any slow draft. So it definitely wasn't me. <laughs> we have somebody who's really high on Garrett Wilson in here. 180 plus targets for Garrett Wilson and wide receiver number one. In it's, I, I mean, you think about that and you think it's outlandish, but 
that's that's every year it happens. There's guys that way outproduce where they went. People are high on them, but they just won't. They follow the ADP mindset and they won't move them around, and they leave them there because that's where they think they can get them. Especially volume drafters and some very good volume drafters subscribe to that wholeheartedly. They'll never push him up to the first round because they know they do enough drafts they're going to get him with a combination they think maybe a couple of combinations they think might be successful at the end of the year but that that statement is not outlandish at me at all i mean I, I definitely think that could happen so you know i'm a numbers guy so i'm gonna i'm gonna throw some some water on this 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 heat over here because aaron Rodgers has yet to throw for over 600 pass attempts since 2016 so let's just say that he does hit that 600 yard mark which he's only done once in his entire career, which was in 2016. But let's just say that he does it. Let's hold that thought because we're on the clock here. Your boy, Brees Hall, made it all the way back. Okay. I, I, I'm going to say I want Brees Hall here. I mean, you can veto me. Uh, we we have but we, we passed them last every day. We passed them last round, and this is yeah. pretty late. So I'll, I'll take him here with you. Yeah. Brees Hall's yeah. locked in, and we're going back to the Garrett Wilson math. So I'm throwing water on the fire here. So let's just okay. let's just assume that Aaron Rodgers hits 600 pass attempts, which I doubt happens. But let's just say he does at 180 okay, divided by 600. That is a 30 percent target share. So not out of the realm of possibilities, but we're talking now about one him actually hitting 180 targets two, Aaron Rodgers actually attempting 600 pass attempts, which are is a very you just saw that he's been the league since 2005 and it's only done it once. So more than likely, if he's at the 542, 530, 525 range, what he's been in the last three years, let's just round it up and call it 550. 180 divided by 550 is almost 33%. That's a little high for me for Garrett Wilson in terms of like a projection standpoint. So I'm going to say unlikely to happen, but he does have the talent to get there. Dave Uh Allen. Billy knows I love him like a brother. I do. I mean, it's one of the few guys I, I can honestly say I love. But um, he, he spits out these numbers to me all the time. And sometimes I shake my head because number stat-driven drafter. I never have been, never will be. I, I, kudos to the stat-driven people out there that, that have success and do well. But I'm more of a film guy and a study guy. And, and, and my rebuttal that would be I would look at Devontae Adams' season with Aaron Rodgers. And I would say Devontae Adams had some pretty good years with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. And, um, yeah, I think Garrett Wilson has a similar skill set to uh, and maybe better than Demonte Adams, uh, just pure eye test and, and uh, football test. So my rebuttal would be that uh, Demonte Adams did pretty good with. Demonte Adams did pretty good with. He did very well with Aaron Rodgers. But guess what? He never hit 180 yeah. targets with him. He had 169 yeah. in 2021 when they literally had no other <laughs> receiver. He hit 180 targets once in his career. But it was last year when he was not with Aaron Rodgers. Prior to that, he had 148 in 2020, 127, 2019. Although he did not play the full the full season, only played 12 games. 169 in 2015 or in 2018. I'm sorry, 15 games. So definitely a possibility, but unlikely according to statistics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But his ceiling is still there, nonetheless. See, Derry Doug though gets it. Amon Amon is that guy this year who could hit 180. Love a monster, right? Sam Brown can't argue with that either. <laughs> I mean, all these guys, they have, they have player takes, but those guys go where they go for a reason. I mean, they're good at football and they're uh, they're dogs, is what I call them. If you got that dog factor, you got that dog factor. All this, all the uh, geek stats can go out the window, but uh, if you got a dog factor and you're good at football, you're probably going to have success. Jelly of the month wants to know how high on Godwin with the Evans 
groin injury. Baker looked pretty good. Baker locked in on him the other day. Uh, I don't mind Godwin. He's okay. I like the Trey Palmer kid a lot. He might he might wind up being really good this year. Uh, I don't I don't draft a lot of Tampa unless I'm getting a really good deal on him. But yeah, Baker uh, at the end of the year last year uh, when Baker was uh, with doing uh, doing the Rams, he looked a lot better than he than he did with the Browns. I just think him and the Browns had a really horrible. Uh, football relationship and it just never it's, re- it's the browns i mean come on everyone has a horrible relationship with the browns yeah, yeah. <laughs> dave and i have had this this discussion multiple times and and i begged the question of what if we got the la rams baker mayfield and we did not get the baker of the browns because with mcveigh he actually looked like a decent quarterback his completion percentage was it wasn't great on 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 the 12 games but he seemed to be pretty effective when he did have the ball he was a little bit you know had had decent touchdown rate you know he had had decent yards as well um you could say it was just a fresh start you could say maybe it was the creativeness of of the offense but he has some good weapons now in tampa bay um and he another fresh start maybe just kind of gives him a kickstart i i've kind of leaned into godwin a bit and I thought that him and Evans, the beginning of the season, were very underpriced. Their 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 ADP has definitely rose since then, but I still think that you can get them at a pretty good price inside drafts. And and if we do see Baker, who's able to even be just maybe seventy five or eighty percent of the Baker we saw in LA, I think that these players are being underdrafted. Yeah, I could see that. I definitely could see that. So John, let's go. John Dotson has moved up in the early drafts. He in these three fifties, he was going ninth, tenth round a lot. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's shot board. up the board with turf toe Terry now. Yep, yep. Well, let's recap the board for some of the audio listeners. The one hole starts off with Travis Kelsey, Derek Henry, Derek Henry can't even say his name tonight. Jalen Hurts, Najee Harris, Mike Williams, James Conner, Jahan Dotson. The two hole goes Cooper Cup, Chris Olave, Keenan Allen, Dallas Goddard, Justin Herbert, J.K. Dobbins, and is on the clock currently. The three hole has Justin Jefferson, Patrick Mahomes, Jonathan Taylor, Kyle Pitts. Damon Pierce and Jerry Judy. The four-hole has Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddell, Calvin Ridley, Ramondre Stevenson, Joe Burrow, and Brandon Ayuk. The five-hole has Christian Watson, Mark Andrews, DK Metcalf, Lamar Jackson, Deontay Johnson, David Montgomery. The six-hole, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Smith, Josh Allen, Amari Cooper, Travis Etienne, and Christian Kirk. And let's pause it there and talk about the front half of the draft. So far, which of these teams is your favorite build and why? Uh, this is a pretty good board. A lot of times I'm hard on people, but uh, this 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 draft's been pretty well drafted overall. I would say uh, probably my favorite team start, and I don't like all the players, but I really like the way Team Four structured his team and what he got done out of the four hole. It's nice when you get the, maybe the best player in football to fall to you in fantasy. Jamar Chase in the four hole is like a dream, but when once he got Jamar's Chase, he didn't miss any. I'm not huge on Ramadri Stevenson here, but at that price against the field, that's a Really good price. So this guy actually is doing a really nice job in this draft. Yeah, I also like the six hole. I'm not as high in Christian Kirk as he is, but like the player selection. Also like the overall build. Got Josh Allen in the third. We've talked about selecting quarterback earlier this year. We've done it quite a bit. We've also pushed quite a bit, but getting Josh Allen to follow you to three six is 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 nice. And then um, coming back around and getting you know ETN in the middle of round five is always is always nice as well. Um, we'll see how he pieces that together. We're about to be on the clock here. Um, right now, we have a four-receiver start and two running backs. 
So we are in the seven hole for the audio listeners. We started with Stefan Diggs, AJ Brown, T Higgins, and DeAndre Hopkins. We come back around in round five and get Kenneth Walker, who we discussed possibly taking Brees Hall. Brees Hall falls to us into the six hole, or sorry, in round six, and we get him there. Coming back up, there's a few players on the board. I know you and I are both high on Swift. Who's there? Yeah. Uh, Swift has been falling some, and and um, I kind of like another player here. Uh, we'll talk about it once once it gets on us. But um, and, and the four hole picks off a nice value on Rashad White. I think uh, I like everything the guy did. Whoever he is, kudos to him. Very nice, very well done tonight. Yeah, I was hoping White would fall, but he didn't. Jordan Addison goes directly after White to the five hole. Uh, six hole is on on the clock. They have one running back. They have zero tight ends. And they have one quarterback. So more than likely, we're looking at probably a running back here or possibly a tight end. I, I'm leaning wide receiver here, Billy. I hate to be you want Tyler Lockett? No. I mean, we could take Tyler Lockett. He, he seems to be a value here. Uh, I just don't know if this is his ceiling here. I actually like Gabe Davis here. Uh, we have Diggs. It gives us both of uh, – and, yeah. and uh, Gabe has had a really good uh, uh, camp. He's not doesn't have the high ankle injury in the last year. Gives us both the uh, – uh, two receiver, uh, one and two receiver off the Buffalo Bills, and I love the two running backs we got at value. So I think I, I personally lean Gabe Davis here. Okay, yeah, I'll take Gabe. I don't mind. I, I don't hate the logic. Yeah, I don't have much Tyler Lockett. He 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 could have a good year too. Um, not a bad him either. Yeah. So I think it's Gabe Davis or Tyler Lockett. I'm open to either one. Okay, Jackson Smith the Jigba injured, but looking like he's not going to be out as long as we thought. Um, I like the logic of taking Gabe Davis, Stefan Diggs, and owning the one and two there. So I'll go ahead and lock in Gabe. I probably, I love. I, I have Lockett higher in my rankings, guy. but it's very possible okay. that Gabe Davis has a strong season after disappointing last year. Yeah, yeah, he, he looks really looks looks really good in all the uh, uh, clips I've seen of him in the in the preseason and, and uh, in the uh, OTAs. And uh, that ankle injury is way behind him, so everybody was firing him up in the third and fourth round last year. And this year is the year he potentially hits his ceiling. So. And I love Hopkins, but he's an older guy in football. You sometimes older guys have issues, and I think if Hopkins uh, miss weeks, uh, Gabe, we never miss a beat with Gabe this year because Buffalo is going to be ringing up the scoreboard. Yeah, last year Davis did play in 15 games, but as you stated with that high ankle sprain and, and early in the season, just didn't look quite right the rest of the season. Even in a down year in comparison to what people had him projected for, he still finished with 836 yards and seven receiving touchdowns, which was wide receiver 36 and fantasy points per game, which is where we got him tonight. We got him and at that, wide receiver 36. That's on one ankle. So <laughs> see if you can pick your number in your database and see what you can give me with two, two good ankles, what he might finish. We're bound so, for wide receiver 35 at least. At <laughs> least. So we smashed where, <laughs> where we got him. Smash value. What a pick. <laughs> well, let's yeah, um, like we'll start. Yeah, I'm liking the start as well. So I'm going to punch in the rest of the picks. So I have Hall. I'm going to just see how much separation we have versus the field. So Hall is punched in now. Um, oh, it reset on me because I let it time out. Okay, let's do this again. So we have A.J. Brown. We have Diggs. Dave knows I like to do this until we get to like round seven or eight usually yeah. just yeah. to see how much separation we have. We have Higgins. We have Hopkins. And like I said right there, we were unique at four. We have Walker in the fit in the round five. Two degrees separation with Walker. Let's put in Hall. Three degrees of separation at Hall. That's kind of that's kind of I don't even think that's possible. That's got to be close to uh, 
Hall's max pick, I, I would think. In the main event, I think his max pick is six one. I don't. I haven't been doing three fifty, so I don't know if he's fell much more than that. But I, 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 that's got to be close to his max. Pick. Well, you can look it up in Mojo what his max pick is in this tournament. Maybe it is later, but that, to me, I would never let him fall past that. His ceiling is too high to ever let him get much past that. Yeah, Gabe Davis adds three teams to get. Uh, four of our seven players. So we still have three degrees separation, even adding Gabe Davis to the field. So I can go ahead and close that tool now. Yeah, I don't even see all this. With as many drafts have been done, that should be virtually impossible to do, but take it. Dave and I love this tool. Like he'll text me and be like, hey, I need you to punch this in for me. <laughs> yeah, I like to look at different combos in the first, especially in turn. So much in the fine leagues, of course, because the fine leagues are what they are. You either draft the best team to beat 11, team, 11 other teams or you don't. But in tournament play, uh, that tool is is really in best ball. It's it's really useful. If you're not using it, then you're probably behind. But it also makes sense in in a tournaments to try to get a feel. I, I've done so many drafts that I can almost tell you if it's like if the combo's under owned or highly owned. But but once you get three or four players in, it's nice to know con- get confirmation that that's that in fact you're on the right track. Yeah. For those of you who are just tuning in, we're talking about the. Stack Finder tool over at Fantasy Mojo, fantasymojo.com. Darren does a great job with that tool. So head on over and take a look at that. If you're playing high stakes football or with the FFPC, uh, you are at a disadvantage if you're not subscribed over there. So I highly suggest, um, I think it's like 39 bucks, something that's super cheap yeah. in comparison to like yeah. what what people like should pay for it. Darren, and I, Darren's already said he's going to charge me 500 bucks next year because I told him he needs to raise the price. Um, just me though. <laughs> He's a funny guy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's finish the right side of the board for the audio listeners. So we were in the seven hole, like I said, Stefan Diggs, AJ Brown, T. Higgins, DeAndre Hopkins, Kenneth Walker, Brace Hall, Gabe Davis. The eight hole has Devontae Adams, Tony Pollard, Drake London, Aaron Jones, Cam Akers, Chris Godwin, and Tua. I don't even try to pronounce his last name. I still can't say it. The nine hole has Amon Ross, St. Brown, Garrett Wilson, Christian Watson, DJ Moore, Justin Fields, Miles Sanders, Isaiah Pacheco. The 10 hole has Austin Eckler, Josh Jacobs, who's climbing back up boards again after signing his, his deal. TJ Hawkinson, Debo Samuel, Terry McLaurin, Alexander Madison, and Michael Thomas. The 11 hole, oh, and they just selected Zay Flowers. The 11 hole has Bijan, Nick Chubb. Jameer Gibbs, Joe Mixon, four running back start, with Michael Pittman, Trevor Lawrence, Cortland Sutton, and Evan Ingram. And the 12 hole has CeeDee Lamb, Saquon Barkley, double tight ends with George Kittle and Darren Waller, Javante Williams, George Pickens, Jackson Smith, and the Jigba, and DeAndre Swift. Outside of our team in the seven hole, can't pick us. Which teams do you like the best on the right side of the board? Um, it's funny. I don't like a lot of some of the players that he took, but the 10 hole did a pretty good job of putting that together uh i don't hate it at all so it'd be the nine and the ten oh or 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 the two i like that stand out to me and i don't i don't take a lot of the players that the ten oh took but just the way he put the team together is interesting and and i like what he did there okay we are on deck now came back quick to us we have a certain wide receiver who is still on the board who we contemplated taking last round i think we take him here and yeah I think so too. And then we're nearly done at the position. Yeah. There we go. Got both guys. I don't think we got Gabe coming back. So that worked out. Lockett, I mean, Lockett goes in the sixth round a lot of these drafts. It's a weird draft. But they all are. FFPC promotes, I mean, for some reason, the ADP in these drafts have have been insane this year. 
so we have our sixth receiver. We could pretty much be done at the position now. We could start to tackle the tight end position, the quarterback position, and then start to load up on some running backs. We did take two early. I mean, one's recovering from ACL, so we have one and a half running backs right now at least, and we can at least start to tackle the other positions. Yeah, I like our receiver room a lot. Um, I like the two running backs more than most, so I'm fine with this start. Big Mike is backing up my on-air statistic breakdown. The Jets have a good defense and a good run game. They ain't thrown for 600 attempts. What if he catches 20 touchdowns? I don't know. That. <laughs> that would do it. <laughs> I think he's going to be in the red zone. Uh, he's going to be definitely be uh, Rodgers' favorite target in the red zone. And the kid, the other kid with the, these guys are, are different, like Garrett Wilson. Like he's the type of player like DJ Moore, people uh, low passing volume with the Bears. Well, that's fine. What if he goes four for 60 and two multiple times in a year, which the, th- those type of players can do that. So, Sometimes people uh, avoid those players because they, they say they're in low-passing offense, then they look at the end of the year and they smash the, the dudes that they thought were in higher-volume offensive line because their skill set's clearly better than those other players. So it's kind of a it's merging of uh, you got to be good at, gotta good at analyzing both uh, situations and how that player might get to his ceiling. Some players are incapable of getting to a ceiling because they just don't have the skill set to ever get there, and they're overdrafted. But I don't think Garrett Wilson and uh, – DJ DJ Moore fit that profile for me. I think it's Screek Count. I can't say his name properly. I apologize for mispronouncing that if I mispronounced it, but loves the value that we got on Tyler Lockett. Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, I'm not even a Lockett guy, and I I would take him there. He's He's been ultra consistent. He's about as consistent as you can hope for from a fantasy player, and he still has juice in his tank. He can, he can uh, make big plays in their, in their offense. And with JSN uh, risk injury, uh, I think he, uh, they're going to be a passing team anyway more this year, I think. So I think definitely at that spot in the draft, he's he's a smash pick all day long. Yeah, that late in the draft, it's, it's very appealing for me. When we look at fantasy points per game, he has actually beat out DK Metcalf the last two years and nearly three years. So 2021 – he had 15.1 fantasy points per game. He finished as the wide receiver 17 in fantasy points per game. DK Metcalf at 14.4 at wide receiver 20 in fantasy points per game. And then in 2022, last year, Tyler Lockett has 14.8, which is wide receiver 16 in fantasy points per game. And DK Metcalf comes in at 13.3, which is wide receiver 24 in fantasy points per game. Both finished inside the top 12 in 2020 where Lockett finished at 16.6 fantasy points per game, and DK Metcalf came in at 17 fantasy points. I know there's some high-stakes drafters who are against taking DK Metcalf in the third round because they say, why would you ever take DK Metcalf in round three when you can get Tyler Lockett in round six or seven, or in our case, round eight tonight? Is this the year where you think that DK Metcalf surpasses Tyler Lockett again in fantasy points per game? Uh, Personally, yes. I really think DK might be. Everybody's high on JSN, but... I really think DK could have like a special year this year. He's another guy that he, he hadn't had his ceiling year yet, and I think it's coming. So I'm not opposed to having a few shares of DK Metcalf in my portfolio for uh, for sure. Naughty has a question for us. I just heard on a podcast that Dotson in the sixth round is too high. What happened to ADP being a guideline? Uh, Dotson is a guy that last year, uh, anybody drafted with me or knows me, uh, I was super high on Dotson. Uh, this year, the Redskins, I, I just have a bad feeling about the Redskins offense in general. So as much as I like Dotson, the player, I won't be chasing. It, you won't see me uh, chase him up a board. And I was like 
the truther last year on Dotson. But uh, I, I just I, I don't have a good feeling about the Redskins offense this year. Yeah, so, I like I like the Redskins a little bit more than Dave does. I've been taking Dotson in the seventh. Um, I think he could surpass Terry McLaurin this year as the wide receiver one. But they do have a pretty bad shootout schedule. They got the Rams week 15, which is the easiest of the bunch. And then they got the Jets in week 16 and San Francisco in week 17. Both those fronts could just destroy Washington. 100%. We're going to be on the clock here shortly. One more quick question for you, and then we'll talk about the player. Ridley or Devonta Smith for you this year? That's cut. That's uh, I, I. I like I like both players. I mean, I know it's a. I, if I was doing one draft, I would probably lean into Devonte Smith. But if I'm doing more than one draft, like we do in these tournaments, I'm definitely going to have exposure to both players. Both players have uh, a really high uh, ceiling, so they're both great players. And I, I know some guys that just love uh, um, Ridley this year, and he has the skill set to get it done. He just people we haven't seen it in a while, so. Okay, we're on the clock. We got 35 seconds. I got Antonio Gibson in the queue. There's also Jalen Warren, who we could consider. We could take a tight end. We could go towards Dalton Schultz, who we both like, or we could anyone else in here that you think that I'm missing? Um, I, I, I like David Njoku, Dalton Schultz. I like both those players. Uh, Njoku, uh, Schultz is not sexy, but he's going to be involved in the passing game. We don't okay. have a tight end yet. Um, don't I really lean like Schultz over Najoku, but I'm good either way. Go ahead and pick. We got four seconds. Oh. Two seconds. I'm locking Schultz. All right. Yeah, we talked a little long there, but I, I think Schultz is a safe guy with a team like this that's going to get uh, volume in the passing game in Houston. And he's with a young quarterback that favors the middle of the field, going with his first read a lot. So I think Schultz is a fine option if you if you pump back a tight end. But probably we'll probably put a couple more tight ends on this team. This format is tight end premium, so when you pump back at tight end, even if you believe in the guy you took in the ninth round, you probably should be adding a couple more to the roster. Could have taken Antonio Gibson there to get us out of the gate in case Priest is not ready to go, but I'm fine passing him too. Yeah, there's still a lot of running backs that we both like here in this draft room. We're not going to mention the names yet because all these guys always snipe us whenever we do this. So we'll talk about it as we get closer and we're on the clock. Um, but as it stands right now, we have our build right now is zero, zero, two, six, one. Is that right? One, two, three, four, zero, two, six, one. And Brees Hall is one of the two here. And so we do need to probably get a contingency in place for week one in case he is limited. I think it'll be limited for they, they, they they're not just going to run Brees out there. I don't think they're not going to run Brees out there and run him in the ground. All, all it it appears that he's going to be ready to go week one and play, but. Uh, he's they're definitely not going to try to overuse him early in the season. I mean, they paid Dalvin Cook a bunch of money. They're definitely going to give him carries too. But I just think Brees is the type of guy, when you can get him in the mid-sixth round of these drafts, I'm willing to – I gamble more than most, so I, I'm willing to gamble there that the guy, uh, his ceiling is – even coming off a knee injury, his ceiling is, is, is pretty big to me. And he's a guy you definitely should have a piece of if you're doing – any any kind of volume drafting this year, in my opinion. Yeah, it's a player that I'm scared to fade just because we know that players that are coming off injury take a little bit more time possibly to get full speed. And then when he does hit full speed, it's playoff time, it's shootout time, and it's, it is definitely a player that could put the nail in the coffin on a lot of teams. Uh, he gets Atlanta in the first week of playoffs at FFPC in Week 13. Week 14, he gets Houston. Those are 
are, are good matchups, at least for him and his skill set. Turns around in the shootout and gets Miami, Washington, and Cleveland. So nothing to be that scared of. Yeah. So, Got to like Brees Hall in at least the shootout schedule. Yeah, sign me up. Anthony Richardson goes as the quarterback 11 off the board. I've had a little, a lot more doubts on Anthony Richardson than most people. Are you – comfortable taking him as your quarterback one inside of the tournament no i would never do that i, I would take he's a young guy he's got a, a athletic skill set um i've gotten drafts where i've gotten him in the 13th round and then the quarterback got pushed back in that draft and i pair him with a guy that i think is ultra consistent and then see if the light bulb goes off for him at the right time because you're trying to win the shootout right the only reason this contest you don't play it to win the league so he's a guy that i think ha- could have a ceiling but uh, no, I don't. I don't believe you should be drafting him as your QB one and going into a, the regular season with him as your QB one. Yeah, it's there's a it's, it's a learning learning curve in the NFL for everybody. I mean, look at all the great quarterbacks that that are that turned out to be really great quarterbacks. Some of them struggled in their first year, like horrendous rookie years, and then the, then they learned a little about the NFL game and and learned how to make their reads and and they got progressively better. I think that kid's kind of similar to that. A player that I can't help but kind of go back and look at his rookie season based upon the skill set is Josh Allen, right? Came in and struggled mightily in the passing game, 52.8% completion percentage his rookie year. Only threw the ball 320 times in 12 games for 2,074 yards. He did have 631 rushing yards, though, and eight rushing touchdowns, which propped up his fantasy points to uh, quarterback 14 in, in fantasy points per game. And then... Comes back in 2019, still with under 60% completion percent at 58.8%, but increased his efficiency and, of course, his games and total pass attempts. Jumps up to 461 pass attempts and 3,000 yards. And I'm going to stop talking because we're on the clock, and I don't want to do what we did last time. I, I think it's uh, Perrine here. Um, okay. Yeah, as you know, I'm not a huge A.J. Dillon guy. Um, he's been in the league quite a while. Um, they got some other guys on their roster that interest me this year. Uh, so I I think Perrine with Javante Williams uh, uh, issues and Javante doesn't look 100% to me when I watch watch him in preseason. So I think Perrine could have some value and I think this is a nice spot for him. Yeah, Smaje is kind of the yin to the Brees Hall yang. It's a similar situation, right? We're going to see a bigger start to the beginning of the year. And then as we get Javante Williams into the mix, then he'll probably start losing some touches to Javante Williams, but that's going to be kind of the perfect timing for us to get Brace Hall inserted in the lineup at the same time that P Ryan is, is starting to fall off. So it's a great that's pairing. That's why I, I like doing it. Yep. I agree. We have a couple of questions asking if Matt is doing a high stakes draft. Nope. Tonight is just Dave and I, um, I have not talked to Matt. We're going to be streaming six nights straight on the dominator. I will ask Matt if he wants to go this week, so he might join me. Uh, we do have some hectic schedules this week. Um, but, yes, I could probably get him to squeeze one in with me this week. Oh, yeah. Podfather's probably always ready to draft. <laughs> I'm going to tell him that we have to draft Quentin Johnson and Clyde edwards Lair though, and see what he says. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Click. He might hang up on me. <laughs> It'd be like me telling Dave that we would have to draft a team, but I'm going to make him start with, uh, Josh Jacobs, Derek Henry, and Najee Harris. Yeah, I wouldn't even be able to scream. I didn't went to sleep. Let Billy finish that one off. <laughs> David, just leave. <laughs> I'm going to ask uh, Alex runs the FFPC. I'm going to ask him if we can list punters in these in these uh, drafts. In the- so 
punt one off, I can just say I'll just auto I'll just snap pick up. And then we know we punted that team so we can go on and work on our own. <laughs> that. I mean, once you punt a draft, uh, I did a couple this year where I, I drafted with some guys and I I, I like to uh, mess with people and I said, Man, we re- we our money's gone. I'll send them a little <laughs> gift with burning. So that was fun. That eight hundred dollars ain't never coming back to me. Oh man. Well, we're moving along. We're 54 minutes into this draft here, and we are in round 10. So we are on track for just under a two-hour draft. Yeah, this draft's moving. Nice. We got our tight end. We do not have a quarterback yet. We have three running backs. We're starting to fill in fill in the spots. Yeah, I really like the Perrine pick for this team. Yeah, uh, me too. Well, it'll be a debate week one. Uh, when you do build these deep teams, uh, there's two problems with them. Like this team, we have six viable wide receivers, so – you have to submit a starting lineup every week. It's not best ball. It's not uh, you can't just sit there and say, "Oh, I got the team now. I can just let it go." You got to put you got to punch the button and get the lineup. Billy and I have had teams where we left 100 points on the bench many weeks. <laughs> so, when you when you build these teams, it's fun to build them, but then when you try to set the lineup, but we it might be a debate between Breesaw and Sabrina. They, if they say Breesaw's ready to go and he's going to get touches and and uh, Javante's they named Javante the starter or whatever. I mean, there's an example of a question you might have set in your lineup week one with a team like this. We're gonna start T. Higgins one week and Gabe Davis is gonna catch two touchdowns and have 70 yards and happens a lot with these teams. That's the only problem going like this, like you mentioned. I like deep teams, I, it don't bother me that much. Uh it means I did a pretty good job drafting if my bench is scoring hundred points. Three hole said, Oh, you think we're drafting fast, huh? I better slow this this thing down. <laughs> Took it all That's the way sick. down. That's nice. <laughs> Some of those best ball drafters, that's one thing about them. They they draft fast, man. Those drafts fly by. They do. Some of those formats are 30-second clocks. And so when they get a full the minute, they don't even know what to do with themselves. I wish all these drafts were like – I pushed for a 20-second clock, but they, Alex and them won't buy off on it. I, I, I really think we should do 20-second clocks. Get prepared and be ready and let's draft. Rock and roll. You're done. But that what they call it, sit and goes is what they call those. Uh, sit, they only they only have them in best ball. Famous Jay asked a question that was asked earlier. Same question. Famous Jay is top of the hour, but we'll just give it to you. Dave is ticking him at one hundred five, so we know he's gone one hundred five. Yeah, Garrett Wilson. Everybody, uh, Garrett Wilson, a popular player, man. There might be a lot of Garrett Wilson jerseys being sold because there's a lot of people that like, uh, ask questions about Garrett Wilson. He's an interesting cat. Think we can get 180 really Garrett Wilson uh, questions to match his targets? Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, he's an exciting player for fantasy, for sure. I mean, look at the question asked by this guy's got uh, Amara St. Brown, Garrett Wilson, Christian Watson, DJ Moore. Looks like one of my teams. I, I like the, I like those four receivers a lot. Yeah, I, I like that start as well. I would have gone the homer route and taken Debo over DJ, though. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, well, you took Debo over Christian Watson because uh, Debo went before. That's true, too. In the, before you would have, yeah, you would have took Debo. I like Christian Watson. You a see lot, the I like Watson here. more than Debo this year, actually. Yeah. Watson, though, is a, is a weird dude for this tournament because, like, like I said, early in the tournament, he was going late fifth round. Like, I it took a while. And then, and when the main events cranked up, he never gets out of the fourth round now. So, light bulb went off and people uh, started firing him. But early in drafting season, you could get some super deals on that kid. All right. We're coming back around. We're two picks out now. Round Four 11 started win. off with Cole Komet. Elijah Mitchell, Jamison Williams, Sam Laporta, Marvin Mims is climbing boards the Jerry Judy injury. Yep. And now we're on deck. Yeah, Marvin Mims is a is a athletic kid. Uh, this pick is actually going to be easy for me. 
Yep, I'm staring right at him. I think it's the same person that you're thinking of. We'll wait till this guy picks to say his name. We got 39 seconds for the pick. Better not take him. Yeah. I don't think he will. Let me look at his team. Not based on his team right now. I don't <laughs> think it makes sense. Get nervous when I bite the nails. The anticipation of the pick. He's waiting for us to say his name. He's going to take it all the way down. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, we got him. Gainwell? Yeah, Gainwell's easy here for me. Yeah, nice. For we, cleaned, we cleaned up a running back pretty pretty easily there. This build, I think Gainwell's going to be used in their offense uh, quite a bit this year. And at that price, even if he's not, you can uh, replace him. But the coach uh, really likes the kid. He, he showed up in the second half of the year. They went out and got those running backs. I didn't understand the penny pickup, but. Uh, DeAndre Swift has massive talent, but he's never like delivered it on the field really, uh, any consistently. He showed flashes to us, and I, I like DeAndre Swift, the player, but I think Gamewell is going to play uh, a little more than people think. I do too. Um, we're hearing a lot out of camp saying that he's uh, has the lead back role, and and we've you know heard rumors of Penny being cut, and so there's a lot of uncertainty inside that backfield. But Gamewell seems to have a stranglehold on it, the starting spot right now. Yep, yep. And uh, that'll be interesting to see what the Eagles do with uh, Trey Sermon and uh, Rashad Penny and how they, uh, and Boston Scott, how they, how they want, how they, uh, what they do with that backfield. If you guys are tuning in, thank you for, for joining the live stream. Uh, I got Dave Hubbard, my good friend and draft partner here with me tonight. Uh, Dave was the 2016, we believe, main event champion. It's been, it's been a few years. Uh, and so one of the best high stakes players in the world, in my opinion, happy to have him as a friend and, and a, a draft partner. And, uh, um, if you are liking the stream, please hit the like button. It helps the algorithm over on YouTube to get more people and eyes and ears on this thing. And, and, uh, we can talk about the FFPC. We're drafting a $350 fantasy pros championship team. As a reminder, it's 20,000 total entries in a tournament, 20,004 to be exact million dollars up top. And so we are drafting the million dollar team tonight. Yep. Hopefully. You think you think it has the juice to win a million? I definitely uh definitely have some players on it that could put you in contention and then just a matter if they can that in the three week sprint. Your your dog likes the team. Here I asked if he liked it. Look, he starts barking. Legend's giving her approval. <laughs> or beat me again. But she usually don't eat this time of night, but being an English bulldog, she uh, she's a little spoiled. She said, "Dave, Brees Hall again." What, Brees again? Yeah, that's probably what she's saying. Are you really putting all our money? Uh, you really not putting all our money in Brees Hall this year? Brees <laughs> Hall there? I'd probably take him. Like I'm not even exactly if he's there in any draft, I'm taking him, and I'll just live with it. Yeah, six round RB twenty two. Not a lot of downside there. Zero downside. Yeah, if, if he was going around three like he was earlier in the year, he was for a long time. I mean, I got shares of him in the third round and in, in three fifty in this in this same tournament. Uh, but then the news that they once they signed Dalvin, all that went away. But even even after they signed Dalvin in the main events, uh, there's a lot of th- third and fourth round shares of pre saw out there, tons. But yeah, if I can get him in the sixth round, I'll I'll take my chances. There's a lot of players like that, like uh, you, and these drafts are open to that this year. Well, you're going to get deals if you like certain running backs or wide receivers too. They fall in drafts. I mean, one draft they might go in the third, and then the next draft you open the window and they're there in the sixth. So, such a such a wide range in the in the ADP in these in these high stakes drafts this year. We're two picks away from our pick. I got a couple guys in the queue. We'll talk about them here shortly. 
Um, I know you and I both like one of them. I like both of the guys you have there. I like the guy underneath that guy and the, and the guy four down underneath the, uh, in the tight end. So yeah, yep. I like, I like all those guys. Yep. We're on the same page with all these guys. Okay, great. Uh, the one guy offers, uh, we have, uh, we have Schultz and the other guy you have in there offers us, uh, cause so a lot of contingent value for this particular build, uh, to keep building on that. So, and I think it's a really fair price, uh, on that guy. So I would definitely be open to him probably over the, other position we got about 70 people watching the stream right now hit that like button folks if you haven't subscribed oh, go nice. ahead and, and subscribe over to the channel we're over at player profiler we're doing seven straight nights of drafts starting with tonight okay, okay. the other guy the guy that you two of them yeah. went so algier is still there I, I like algier here since both the tight ends went yep definitely kept okay. locking in algier but we're doing seven straight drafts we're going to be doing six of the FFPC Fantasy Pros Championship drafts. And tomorrow, actually, we're going to be kicking off one of the more interesting tournaments that they have here, Dave. And I don't know if a lot of people have actually played in this thing, but you almost won this thing a few years back. And that is the Terminator tournament. So if you've never played in that, we're going to be drafting that tomorrow night. Um, the entry is also $350. You can get a three-pack for $1,000, just like you can Fantasy Pros Championship. The format is best ball. The kicker here is it is 26 rounds in comparison to the 20 rounds that we get inside the best ball tournament or in comparison to the fantasy pros championship. And the big kicker, Dave, the one that might throw a lot of people off, but is one of the things that I think is the most fun about the tournament is that you have to release or terminate one player from your roster every single week. Yeah, it's very interesting. I haven't played the tournament in year, a few years, um, but it's a, it's an interesting tournament. And when you called me and asked, hey, will you want to do this uh, draft with me? I said, sure, I'll do another one. But it is an interesting format because you literally have to cut a player off your roster before kickoff every uh, every week. And if you don't do it, if you forget, then you're what they're terminated, hence the Terminator. So they literally terminate your team from the tournament. So every year there's a few teams, I think, get terminated, cutting their player, forget, or don't get around to it. So, but it's a very, very interesting format and it's a smaller tournament. So you're not trying to beat uh 20,000 teams. Uh, you're only trying to beat X number of leagues. So you have a realistic 384 chance. total entries in the tournament. You have a realistic chance of winning the grand prize in that thing. I yeah, think yeah. all surprised they haven't sold that thing out already because uh best ball players should eat that tournament up. Yeah. 384 total, total teams in the tournament, $25,000 grand prize up top. The prize kicks down to second at 5,000. Third is 3,500. Second is 2,000. Fifth is 1,500. Sixth place is $1,000. And there's a few 750s down to $350, the 20th place. The consolation bracket, there's $500 to the first place and 350 to second. Again, we're only facing the 384 teams. And then inside the regular season league prizes, uh, you can either choose a FFPC main event main event league credit, which is valued at $2,000, or you can take $1,450 $1, cash, or second place is $350. <clears throat> we'll talk more about that one tomorrow as we're drafting that, but give me one piece of advice for people who maybe can't make it right away that you like to do inside of the Terminator tournament. Uh, it, it's interesting because um, late in the year is when that tournament's won. You got to decide, like, 
when you get down to the last three weeks, you got to look ahead and see if I cut this player, how's that going to affect my team? Do I cut my kicker and my defense? Does that give my team uh, more of a ceiling? So there's a lot of things to consider in that tournament. I, like I said, I haven't played it in several years, but um, I'm looking forward to that draft tomorrow and thinking through some of that stuff. But late in the year, there's a lot of tough decisions you make. And I think a lot of people have lost that tournament by cutting the wrong player, wrong position uh, late in the year, because you have to, I mean, you have to get down to 10 players by the final, final week. And so the last couple of weeks, you're cutting players that are, that are, that are valid players on your roster. And so you have to make a decision. Well, my kicker, because you have to have kickers and defense in that thing. So late in the year, you have to make a decision. Do I cut, does my team upside if I keep this positional player and cut the kicker? Or do I keep the kicker and will it maximize points? So you really have to analyze the last several weeks of that tournament, I think, to have success. Yeah, I think I'd I'd be looking to maybe cut, you know, if you have three quarterbacks, you're probably looking to cut your third quarterback when you can. And as long as you've gone through your bye weeks with your first quarterback, there's a lot of different strategy involved with it. It'll be exciting to talk through that one tomorrow. It's going to be an interesting build. And so if you haven't ever done one of them, take a look at tomorrow's draft. It'll be a good way to kind of dip your toes into the waters and, and get an entry in yourself. Uh, that draft is not filled yet, so that is going to be tomorrow at 7 p.m. Eastern. Um, so if you'd like to join us in that draft room, please please do join us. Uh, it is the Terminator draft at FFPC at 7 p.m. Eastern on 829. That's going to be Tuesday. Yeah, that'll be a fun one. And at 26 rounds, you got to draft some different players than you normally draft. Now, it helps that you take a couple of kickers and defenses in those drafts. So, And then you also have to, it's just like the best ball. Sometimes it's a race to get quarterbacks. So the draft flow is a lot different than, than these other, like people will intensely try to take multiple quarterbacks on you to try to prevent you from getting the, the right quarterback on your bill. So we probably need to start at least looking at quarterback. Um, yeah, there's a couple here that uh, make sense. This guy ahead of us is still. He has Josh Allen, so I, I doubt if he's a Mahomes guy. Took Dak. He just figured it was too good a deal to to pass Dak in the thirteenth. So he looked at our team and said, "These guys got too good of a team. I got to take Dak from them." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it used to not be a factor as much in in these high stakes drafts, but now I think Gino like is they're going to throw the ball a lot more. I think this is Gino's like literally a nice pick here in the thirteenth round. Yep, I like Gino as well. The other the other option we could potentially think about but now i'm gonna say never mind because the right side is pretty heavy in that color so let's just go ahead and take gino yeah i think gino's a fine quarterback uh, this year at that at that price and look at that we got the stack with tyler lockett yep yep might never play lockett but we got the stack with and kenneth walker. <laughs> if all of a sudden kenneth walker becomes a receiving back there we just built a seattle stack unknowingly yeah yeah sometimes it works out that way just the way the cookie crumbles yeah, we'll have to see if Lockett can find his way on the field on this team. So right now we are one quarterback. We have our five running backs, six receivers, and one tight end. We see the first defense go off the board. It's a defense that you and I are both very high on based upon their their schedule. Philadelphia defense goes 13-1. Yeah, they, they tend to be the first defense off the board in like a high percentage of these drafts. and. And they tend to go at a premium draft pick. I mean, it's usually 13th round. Uh, you see them going off the board a lot, 13th, 14th round. What is your opinion on defenses? Will you pay up for the you know, Philly defense or another potential elite defense in round 13, 14? Do you typically like to push defense and, and grab someone that you know that you can 
at least maybe has a good shootout schedule or a good start of the season schedule? What's your philosophy with defense typically? If you were doing one team. If I was doing one team, I would definitely push defense back. Uh, I've historically always pushed defense back, but the last several years I've looked at looked at some of my teams. And when you look at the shootout, a lot of times I think it's better to to mix in a few of the elite defenses so you can have exposure to their potential ceiling game in a shootout. So if I was doing any kind of uh, five to ten drafts, I would definitely consider mixing in. I wouldn't get stubborn and say I'm just going to push back de- defense and take whoever and then stream it all year. It sounds good in theory sometimes, but streaming's a lot of work because you got to look at the matchups. And if you're doing any kind of other waiver work on multiple, if you have multiple teams, uh, I speak from experience on waiver work, but um, uh, I definitely think you should be mixing in your fair share of uh, elite defenses in your portfolio. Yeah, I have increased my best ball drafts this year and have reduced the overall number of managed leagues. So I will have a little bit more time on waiver wire day, but we will still be having our our weekly calls and setting those teams. And, and when you do take defenses, you're streaming them, I should say. You're also spending money, right? And for yep. guys like you and I that usually pay up for players early in the season, sometimes money, uh, waiver wire money is is a valuable, fab bids is, is a valuable uh, commodity at the end of the season. And even dollar bids sometimes feels like it's it's breaking the bank. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, more than <laughs> once. As you know, we've been in a situation where we had five bucks left. And <laughs> you got to make a decision, but that's definitely a factor too. Quarterback was definitely the right pick. We saw uh, three teams take their second quarterbacks after we took our first. So Jared Goff goes to the 10 hole, who already had Kirk Cousins. Aaron Rodgers goes to the 11 hole with the Trevor Lawrence owner. And then Russell Wilson goes to the Anthony Richardson owner in the 12 hole. That's an interesting deal this year, too, in these four-point for TD pass leagues. Uh, it's an interesting debate whether you take multiple quarterbacks or you just live with one and play the second quarterback off the waiver wire which is my preferred method, but I've also taken two for, let's say I get Jared Goff as a free look, and I don't have a, a Josh Allen that I'm never setting or a Patrick Mahomes I'm never setting. Uh, so it's it's interesting. Uh, I tend to think my teams are stronger when I, in these four-point per TD pass leagues, when I just go single quarterback and use those other roster spots for trying to find a diamond in the rough. Brian asking the question that we talked about earlier when we took Lockett was why would someone take DK Metcalf when they can take Lockett that much later? Is he that much different than DK DK in the third round versus Lockett in the eighth Lockett in the eighth seems like fantastic value. We talked, we did talk about the value of, of Tyler Lockett. We mentioned the fantasy points per game in Tyler Lockett uh, surpassing DK Metcalf the previous years. Lockett is a little bit older and it's going to be hard for him to enter the lineup because we are starting four receivers possibly with this build and most likely with this build with Stefan Diggs, AJ Brown, T Higgins and Hopkins. So it would be hard for Lockett to probably crack the lineup at least at least while people are healthy and there's no buys, but once we get the bye week blues and we get some injuries, Lockett probably hits the lineup. 100%. That's why you I mean that's why to do it too cuz there's uh you can play in, in this format. I mean, I see these guys fill their teams with receivers they're never going to play. Like I don't like taking more than six receivers on a redraft team in the FFPC format. Because every year uh, you can you can find receivers on the waiver wire. Uh, the only way I would be doing that, like taking seven receivers, if I just went crazy and built a five running back start or something. But when I have four top flight wide receivers, I, sometimes I even have a hard time taking six because I think it's a flaw because uh, you're never going to play them one very rarely and uh, you need injuries. But you can also find replaceable 
uh, receivers of the quality that you're drafting late in these drafts on the waiver wire every year. Yep, I agree with that. Like team eleven here probably takes six, seven, maybe even probably seven with with the four running back start that he did. Yeah, because he's never happy with his receivers. He's never feels comfortable putting those putting much less four putting two out there. But once you draft four running backs, you got. I mean, you you're forced your hand. You have to play them. I mean, you're never going to set uh, Joe Mixon. You draft. You're never going to set him for Alan Lazard. No. So, or Chase Claypool. Yeah, yeah, Claypool might. I don't know. I don't know what you're going to do with Chase Claypool in this format. You got to pray. Is what you're going to do. Kind of tough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they got I me. Mean, Mooney, uh, DJ Moore. Uh, I just not. I don't. I don't know. I don't see the upside for a Claypool pick, but that's just a personal deal. People know I'm high on Paris Campbell. They're asking if we're going to see round 18 Paris Campbell. Not today, at least from us. Maybe from somebody else, but no, not, no. not today from us. Paris Campbell goes uh, goes uh, pretty cheap in these drafts. Sometimes he goes undrafted. Um, I, I like it's Dulcich. Yep, it's like either Dol- Dulcich or San Francisco defense for me. All right. Yeah. Um, let's take Dulcich. I think that's rated uh, the. Uh, He's run all the routes uh, at that price. Another guy with a price like probably should be smashing him every time he's there, uh, because at that that uh, he run, he's going to be the passing down tight end. Do you want him out there blocking for fantasy? Not not really. He's going to run his enough routes to where he could be a uh, valuable. And anything happens to Troutman, who has a history of being injured, he'll he'll have to go back to playing uh, three downs. And we that's, got him as tight end twenty two. That's a yeah. Got to like the price there. I think that's a really good value for his. For with, with his skill set, that's 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 really nice. Yeah, I haven't fully bought the, I should say, the negative press on him at camp. I mean, I've discounted him slightly inside of the uh, projections, but he still comes in as a top 15 tight ends inside of the numbers. Um, if he finishes slightly outside of that, I mean, tight end 22 seems like a pretty steep discount. Yes, for sure. Yeah, I'm looking for somebody that's ceiling there. Uh, and in a lot of years, a lot of years they're not there. I mean, there's no tight ends that have a Greg Dulich uh, ceiling in the 14th round of a PC draft. But this year, there's a few guys there that uh, after the 10th round, there's a few guys that definitely have uh, value. I mean, you could argue there's there's you could argue Coco Met, Sam Laporta, Jake Ferguson, Jawan Johnson, Gerald Everett. All those guys have a valid uh, ceiling for fantasy this year. I and mean, years past, those those guys, those type of weren't there in these drafts so we're nearly finishing round 14 here again outside of our team go back to some of the teams that you mentioned earlier we were in round 10 when i asked a question last i believe you liked the four hole to start you liked the nine hole and the 10 hole to start based upon how they were building the teams whether it be player selection or roster construction how do those teams do in the second half of the draft? Do you still like their builds? Did anyone else surprise you with their second half build and maybe that you like a little bit more now? No, I, I clearly think the four and ten are the teams that we're going to have to beat in this league to uh, get to the shootout. I'll be shocked if the four, uh, us, the four, nine, and ten aren't uh, vying for the league title in this league. Things happen, though, in the season. I mean, you waiver wire. You can change your team, pick up the right guy. Um, mm-hmm. there, there's a lot of factors in fantasy football, but we know going in that nobody in this league is going to outgrind us. It's impossible. So we we do have the but um, 
I know I've drafted with one of these guys at least in this draft, and I know he's a he's a really good player and does a lot of things right, not only in the draft but in season management wise. So yeah, when when folks are listening here, Dave saying no one's gonna outwork us. Dave will message me at three in the morning and he's watching tape and he's talking about a player and he's I I go to to add the guy to our our waiver wire pickups and he's already in there or it's we're in the middle of the Sunday slate games and I start looking through our scores and there's already like seven guys inside of our waiver wire for each team. Dave is going through like a madman already adding this guy took two defense. What the what the hell? He <laughs> got two good ones. He did get two good ones. He can only start one though. <laughs> yep, yep. That'll be uh, you know how that works out. You start Philly and San Francisco puts up a thirty burger, and you, but he can try to play matchups. But not my. Yeah, I'm not a two defense kind of guy. I I'm a one defense kind of guy. I don't think but, I don't even think you could pay me to take a second defense, honestly. Yeah, but fantasy football is a lot more work than people realize. It uh, sounds sounds good to have. Oh man, that dude's lucky. You draft two hundred teams. No, not that much. I mean, my max year, I look back. I think I managed five hundred and ten redraft teams, and that, that was my max. Now I don't do many more than two hundred, but two hundred is a lot, and it's it's a lot of work. It's not, definitely not easy, and it's. I love football and I love doing it, but it's 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 at points in the year it it becomes not fun even. But Billy helps. I like talking to Billy and we grind on. But yeah, it's definitely a grind. Yeah, Dave's a madman. I don't do nearly as many redrafts as he does. Um, I got two little ones. His his kids are in college now. He's got a little more time. Yeah, I'm retired. Got a lot. Of, I got a lot of time. I got more time than I've ever had. So, but I'm, when you get older, you get lazier. So I think I, I just get <laughs> I, I get tired. Say man, I can't go anymore. Back in the day, I could work. I could work twelve hours, come home, work on fantasy eight hours, and get two hours of sleep and go back to work. But and, uh, those days are way behind me. Yeah, people always have you know rose colored glasses as they're in the drafting season, and we're we're adding you know our fifty redrafts or <laughs> Dave's scenarios two hundred or three hundred redraft, and then here comes waiver night, and you keep asking yourself, why do I do this to myself? Why yeah. do I do this? <laughs> I can speak that. Everybody should be drafting right now. If you get tired, if you tire out, the team. Should, the drafting is the fun part. The analyzing the drafts, the talking about the drafts, talking about the players. That's the fun part. As soon as that, as soon as we get to Vegas, we do that last draft. Me and Billy do that last 10K, and we're done. We know the worst fixing the start. Even and, and then I got to watch every game. So, and then you start that Sunday uh, inputting waivers, and it just it's like a all day. My wife laughs at me. She said, "You're an idiot." I mean. <laughs> literally like groundhog day <laughs> but she's understanding it's what we do and we love the game right we love the game we love the Come format on. we love the site there's yeah, a receiver I, here I, I, who i, I really like football. dave yeah i know who it is um and he we're probably gonna this kid you're gonna have to be real patient with is what i what i think uh, i don't know if he'll start the season uh, but late in the year he could be like a and i said not draft another receiver but i'm good with it yeah, it's it's. I don't really think good, we, good we, we don't need him, but he's a he's kind of a a lottery ticket in my opinion. Are you good with it? Yeah, yeah take him. I know exactly what you're talking about. All right. Re- yeah. Oh yeah. Rashi Rice. I love the kid. I, I think I think you're going to see him on the waiver wire a lot because people are going to get frustrated with the kid. And uh, I think maybe later in the year he might be the go-to receiver on the Chiefs. So I would, if you do draft him, uh, that particular kid, I would hold on to him. I wouldn't be dropping him and let somebody else beat you with him on the waiver wire. And for all of those audio listeners who are taking a look now, or listening, I should say, not able to look, uh, we're talking about Rasheed Rice. 
horse for the Kansas City Chiefs. They took him this year uh, in round two at, at 224. He's coming out of SMU. Um, has looked really good in preseason, in, in my opinion. We saw him with a excellent college target share of 96 percentile, which is 33.2% college target share. Um, of course, lands in a dream spot with the Kansas City Chiefs with some uncertainty at the wide receiver position. So somebody's got to step forward as the wide receiver one. We're expecting it to be Sky Moore, but Rasheed Rice may eat into um, the number two role here. Kadaris Tony unable to stay healthy. We know, you know, the other receivers, Justin Ross, Richie James have had good camps as well. But Rasheed Rice has looked absolutely amazing in preseason. Yeah, he, he's a talented kid, and I, I think he'll see for the Chiefs this year. But early in the year, he might not. You might. It's a guy you're probably going to have to be patient. Jay just said earlier in his and draft, you know that's our strong suit. We're patient. Yeah, we're very patient, and we also don't need him to start with this team with the six receivers that we have. Um, he can easily ride the pine until I, I was, he I was, does yeah, take that role. Sometimes we're, sometimes we're not very. Bad. Cut people off. One bad, one bad outing, and he's on the scrap heap. But yeah, he definitely needs to need that. Be patient with that kid. I got him circled and just to not drop. Jay says he went at 12 3 in his draft. Where do you say? Where do you say? Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty common for him. It's pretty common for him. So 12th, third round, even in the main events, that's kind of where he's living. All right. And now we are really done at the wide receiver position. We said we were done, but now we're, now we're really done. Yeah. So now the ne- now we got to decide are we going na- naked Gino or are we going to? I'm fine going naked Gino, but do you want another quarterback on this team? No, I just want to roll with Gino. Get, uh, do what I say, like to say is uh, give Gino. Be good. There, there's quarterbacks on the waiver wire that, that if you take a guy here, it feels good to you. And it feels comfortable that you got your second guy. But in these tournament uh, format leagues, uh, I mean, I had Mar- Mike White on some teams at the end of last year, and he was he was balling. So when they feel that when people take three, guys, I just don't understand. I think you're weakening your team's success. So that'd be a good one for Mojo to take a look at. How many four quarterback bills uh, advance to the shootout? I would guess it's pretty low. I think, Unless they I think that information is, is on the site. I think you can pull up the win rates. Um, of the, even, of the, even of these builds, not just best ball? Oh, it might be best ball. I don't know, actually. I, I, I better not I better not misspeak here. Yeah. I think the, uh, in, in redraft, I'd like to know that. But but they might they might do it when they're blocking, and then they just cut them anyway. That's my point. Uh, they, eventually, they're probably going to – if they take three or four, they're going to have to cut them because when you go to set lineups, you can't even set a valid lineup. Uh, so – you can find it. My point is, you can find a quarterback to, uh, that's somehow replaceable as the guy you're drafting here, in most most of the time. Occasionally, I'll I'll take two quarterbacks if I think there's one that really stands out and is like too good of value to pass. But I prefer ninety percent of the time to just go one in these tournaments. I'm gonna scroll up a little bit, people can see the whole board. I just realized I was cutting it off. And you you see the nine hole. Uh, so he's, got, he's got Justin Fields. He he doesn't care if you're taking a bunch of quarterbacks. Uh, he's filling his roster with guys that uh, that have that, that that he can play. Yep, some upside plays too. With Deuce Vaughn. Yep, Jonathan Mingo. There's some people really high on that kid. Looks like he's number one in Carolina right out the gate. So I would rather own roster guys like that than roster a second tier quarterback. That's gotten me in trouble before. I mean, I've went into the shootout with a one quarterback. Probably shouldn't be doing that. You should probably find a second one if you do. Fortunate enough to make the shootout because. I've had a couple of teams that might have won the shootout, but quarterback gets hurt and you got no quarterback for three weeks. So there's probably there's sometimes I uh take too many chances. Okay, we're on deck here. I see a couple of running backs I like. There's actually a couple of defenses that 
we could even consider here. But uh, the left side does have two with the defense already, so we could push it another round. I like Hayden Hurst or Isaiah likely here for our team uh, more than than a running back, so. And Hurst is going to be on the field in Carolina, and, he, and he's running a high, uh, high uh, target rate uh, share. So I think he's a value here. That probably not not great to pass him here. He might be starting for us. It would give us our third tight end too. We could be done yep. at the position. Yep. Okay, I'm fine going Hurst here. Lock it. All right. And now we're done at tight end. We're done at quarterback. We can focus on our defense kicker and and running back for the remainder of the draft. Yep. Let's go ahead and we'll just show the bottom. People know we have the top already. Um, yes, it is redraft fantasy dog. Uh, it's the fantasy pros championship and it's a $350 redraft league. If you buy a three pack, it's $1,000 million dollars is the grand prize. I was done with these. I, I have a hundred of these solo. Uh, <laughs> Billy, Billy taught me in the call and said, I'm going to do these streams. Will you do a couple with me? I said, I had two more to the waiver wire work, but I like this. <laughs> I like, I like, I don't have this team in my portfolios. It's a, definitely a positive for me. For Billy to be gracious enough to ask me to do it with him, I appreciate it. Yeah, always like to throw Dave curveballs, and when he thinks he's done with something, make him do a few more. Yeah, do a few more. Add it to the add it to the waiver wire heat. <laughs> Come on, Dave. What's two more? This is the uh, actually in the, all the years I've been drafting fantasy. This is the earliest I like quit drop dead date. I actually said I was going to do 30, 30 football guys this year. And I done I did a hundred before July was up, so, so I did stop. He's got such good self control. That is a positive. I got a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of uh, free counseling from my wife, who's a psychologist. She's given up on me pretty much, but she did say she was proud of me for being able to to stop drafting three fifties for six weeks. So I'm showing some improvement. So there is that. Brian wants to know what is different in this draft day versus others that you've done in the year. Um, I would say um, I can't say it's different because I mean every one of these drafts present a, a new uh, a new different for me. Uh, there's players like uh, Rashad White. He goes seven four in this draft. I saw a main event yesterday where he went five point one. That's what's different to me about this drafting year. If you ever wanted to take a shot at any of these tournament deals. And you and you're on the right players, and you get the and you're able to 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 find Rashad White at seven five who turn or seven four turns out to be a difference maker, and the fields drafted him at five one in the major in the fifth round, the majority of them. Yeah, it's definitely a, a a different year than any year I can remember in fantasy. This wasn't happening last year. I mean, we did a lot of drafts. You didn't see the two and three round spread on like players that are starting running backs for teams or. Or starting wide receivers. There's a lot of examples. Examples we talk. I talk about it with guys I draft with every day. Uh, the the range on players this year, as far as ADP goes, is it, it's it's amazing to me. It is all over the board. It's like the Wild West. We talked about it earlier in the pod. We talked about how it was. You see it a lot earlier in the season, like April and May, where ADP is kind of all over the place. And mm-hmm. this year, first time that I can remember drafting that we see ADP fluctuate as much as we have. Um, and create a lot of unique rosters, creates a lot of, um, and when I say creates unique rosters, because players are falling further than they've fallen in a lot of other drafts, and it and it just gives you unique builds where, like we talked about times where maybe you and I might force a build, but when we can sit back and say, hey, we got Rashad White, you know, in, in August, and this not us, but the guy in the four hole got Rashad White at the 7-4, he hasn't gone there in, in a few days or a week or two, whatever it may be. It's going to create some different looking boards. Definitely, definitely. And this year, and this year, it's like I mean, it's extreme this year. 
compared to other years that I've drafted. So that's why some people call me and say, hey, help me with my draft. I said, I can give you some advice, but when you get in the draft room, um, there's no 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 guarantee that that this year anything's going to flow. Like Brees Hall, I've seen him go still to this day in the main events. I saw him go 310 not too long ago. And this draft, we get him in the middle of the sixth round. That's just not something that occurred with the frequency that it occurs this year in years past. Yeah, I get questions all the time, whether it's email, podcast, Discord, Twitter. Hey, I got my my draft coming up on Friday. I'm in the 10 hole. Who should I take? It's like, I'd love to be able to help you, but who knows who's going to be there? I mean, we I can give you a range of players, but I don't know who's going to be on your draft board. I don't know what your home league does. Someone might fire three quarterbacks ahead of you. A hundred, yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, this year, more than any any year in the past. I did a private uh, league draft with a good friend of mine tonight. Uh where we draft a bunch of uh, – it's a, it's a league he does every year. And um, that drift was 100 times different than this this draft. And these guys were serious drafters. They they draft for a lot of money. And and um, it was way, way different than these high-stakes boards. So if you're doing local leagues versus these high-stakes boards. And also the format matters. It's a tight end premium format, a four-point per TD pass league format. So you have to take all those factors into consideration when you're – constructing teams if you go into a draft and don't know your format you're probably beat already um, we're we're on the clock there's a couple of running backs i like there's we could we could take a defense and be done at the defense position but i kind of uh, baltimore uh, ravens defense getting the houston texans week, week one. one yeah i think a, it's an edge and, I, and might be a defense we hold all year their office is going to be really good they're going to be playing from ahead a lot and uh they can put pressure on the opposing quarterback creek turnovers and so, yeah, I kind of like the Ravens defense at this price. Perfect. Week one, good matchup versus Houston, like Dave mentioned. Only downside is they do have a bye week 13, so we have a drop of defense. And luckily, though, we talked about this at the top of the hour. Someone asked us, do we change our drafting strategy based upon the buys? And we took Diggs in round one, who has a week 13 buy. But look, Dave, we have Gabe Davis and Tyler Lockett we can plug in during during that week so we're in a good spot gabe davis we can't because oh he's not by two what am i talking he, about lock it he happens to be stuff on Diggs' teammate billy so <laughs> <laughs> we plug him and we're gonna get the same that's team. right we're gonna get a zero there but we do have tyler lockett so. we do have tyler lockett we can plug in and it, maybe a couple of other guys rashi rice might be useful by then uh but greg Dulich might be getting it all by then he, he hate nurse there's a lot of options that's the other thing about this format uh you, you you're more out to be able to play the uh the tight end and the flex than any other format. You don't like zeros, Dave? You don't want to plug in Gabe Davis that I, way? I really, I really don't like zeros. And maybe in week 13, <laughs> I'm really not going to like a zero because that might affect our bottom line. <laughs> oh, man. Billy's tired. He's up. had a long day. Time to I am go. tired. I took a nap before we hopped on this thing. A nice little 20-minute 20, 20 power nap. Yeah, yeah. It is smoke. Uh, I'm just getting... Tired because the smoke too. I'm not getting as much oxygen. There's so many fires in Oregon right now. Yeah, I heard that. That's crazy. And uh, you're three hours behind me, so it's only seven forty-five at your house, right? No, two hours behind you. Eight forty-five. Two hours. Okay, eight forty-five. All right. Yeah, I'm I'm supposed to be young. I'm not supposed to be tired right now, but I took a nap yeah. and I'm tired. Yeah. Question here from Buccaneer Bry: How do we get player stacks statistics of the tournament that you quote? Uh, you can head on over to fantasymojo.com. Should get, I should get an affiliate code from Darren because we promote yeah. the hell out of this thing. But yes, yeah. fantasymojo.com. You can punch in a stack finder over there. It's one of the best tools in the business. It probably is the best tool in the business, in my in my opinion, to be able to, at least if you're drafting in high stakes. Kicker's starting to fly. Yeah, the Daniel Carson kid has a huge leg. 
that kick he kicked uh, Sonny would have been good from 70, I think. He got a little swagger about him, too, for a kicker, so I like him. Nobody has the Pat McAfee swagger, though. No, that's true. <laughs> Dude, yeah. I used to love watching him play, just lay out people, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was so much fun to watch as a kicker. Well, let's recap the team for the audio listeners. Uh, from the seven hole, Stefan Diggs, A.J. Brown, T. Higgins, DeAndre Hopkins, Kenneth Walker in the fifth, Brace Hall in the sixth, as RB22, Gabe Davis in the seventh, Tyler Lockett in the eighth as wide receiver 41, Dalton Schultz as our first tight end in round nine. It is tight end premium over at the FFPC, so you got to draft those tight ends early and often. Samaje P. Ryan goes to us in the round 10. Kenneth Gainwell, round 11. Tyler Algier, round 12. Geno Smith falls all the way to us in round 13 as QB 15. Greg Dulcich as tight end 22. Rasheed Rice as wide receiver 70 in round 15. Hayden Hurst as tight end 25 in round 16. And then we fire up our defense, Baltimore defense, as the seventh defense off the board here in round 17. And we are three picks away from making our next pick. We have three picks left. You have to take a kicker inside the draft, so that leaves us with two other possibilities. We're done at quarterback. We're done at tight end, so more than likely we're taking two running backs. Uh, yeah, we're definitely taking two running back stabs. Uh, and it's thinning out. Still quite a few I like. Still quite a few. William Wallace. Wasn't that like an, wasn't that like an English, an English yeah. fighter back in the day? Yeah, yeah he's famous. Such a like a... Such an English name or Scottish. Is it Scottish or English? William that's Wallace. A, that's a Braveheart's name, right? Man, I'm failing here in my history right now. All right, yeah. we're on the clock. Um, oh. I like Deion Jackson, Evan Hall. I like uh, Evan Hall, Rico Dowdow, um, Justice Hill. Let's go Evan Hall. Okay. Yeah, Evan Hall's an interesting guy to draft in these drafts late to see how the JT thing shakes out. Looks like the kid gets it in pass protection. Um he understands pack protection, looks good, good, has good hands, going to be used in the passing game. So he's definitely a valid uh, uh, right now as things set right now. Might change your mind if JT goes back there and signs there and they, they work all that mess out. But right now, he's definitely a guy that you could mix in your portfolio who might be a starting running back in the NFL in the 18th round. Let me see if I can make this screen a little smaller so you can see the whole board. Oh, you can. Perfect. It's probably really bad on the eyes if you're on your phone, but if you're on your TV, you can probably see this really well. Yeah. <laughs> so someone's called me out because I called William Wallace English. <laughs> see, yeah, 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 yeah. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> I'm tired. Give me a break here. We're drafting football. We're not. We're not history class. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I memorize yeah. stats, not not swords and battles. <laughs> Freedom. Yeah. <laughs> somebody wants to know where cordell patterson is he's he's undrafted right now yeah he's currently with the atlanta falcons and they talking they were talking about moving him before the to the browns before the browns uh decided to go uh the pierre strong way so uh i guess i guess he's gonna stay with the uh with the Falcons and uh be a piece maybe punt return maybe play a little wide receiver slot or something like that Maybe eat into Bijan's workload and drive everybody crazy. I don't think that's going to happen. But... <laughs> I mean, could you, could you imagine if they give him the passing no, down below? People would flip I, out. I actually shouldn't say that because <laughs> Arthur coach, Smith is an idiot. He's not my favorite coach in the NFL, but I don't think even I don't even think he can mess up Bijan. But 
we'll see. <laughs> oh man, Atlanta Falcons are an interesting team this year. They have a lot of talent. Uh, oh, just, Team Eleven does have Cordell Patterson. Some pointed out for me. Yeah, he took him in the sixteenth. He he has B. John, so he took Patterson. But I think they clearly favor Algier now with B. John. That guy has four receivers, and one of them's Claypool. Yep, and one of them's Alan Lazard. He's got yeah. Najoku at least. He could start a tight end. Oh, he's starting two. He's he's got the running backs in the flex. Never mind. Yeah. So yeah, he's starting the four running backs. That's how he built his team. They're playing every week. Yeah. I mean, I've had good teams like that where I started three. Uh, actually, in this format, where I've started three running backs and really only had one viable receiver all year. I played the other receiver position off the waiver wire, and the team did quite well. But but um, it's not my ideal strategy. I don't like going into a season like that. But in this format, you can make a lot of stuff work. If you're good at uh, setting the lineup and good at the waiver wire, there's always somebody. We don't see them yet, but there'll be guys, people bidding four or $500 on before it's over with. Three defenses to the one hole now. Yeah, he's locked up. He's like, he definitely, if he can get it right, he's got three monster defenses. God, I wouldn't even want to put myself through that misery of trying to pick that every week. No, nope, because they're all three really good defenses. But I'd be using, I mean, his team's going to be a lot better, obviously. I think if he uses those slots on, uh, Running backs or position players. He's got a, he's got Derrick Henry, who's an aging running back. Who knows? He has Mozart, who's old. He has Najee, who's Najee, <laughs> and then he has Connor, who's has one of the worst offensive lines in football. Which he played a premium for Connor too in this tournament. I mean, Connor. There's there's teams out there with mid eight round shares of Connor. So I don't I don't love what he did with that team. I like some of the players he took, but I, but overall I'd give that a a do better like. A, I do better. Yeah, like Dale says, do better next time. <laughs> <laughs> Keep grinding. I do like so the receivers' legs. We like Mike Williams. You, you and I both do. I like Jahan Dotson a little more than you, but you were love the talent. You just don't like the situation this year. Yep. Romeo could surprise people as well, but we have round fourteen shares of Romeo, so hard to chase him at the board around eight. I think Pro- we just take, take the Cowboys' number two running back here and you know uh... Rico. Yeah, Rico Dowdell here and put him on this team. And Pollard, uh, I think that kid, uh, I think Rico's like way underdrafted and um, he's going to be playing snaps right out the gate uh, with Pollard. So, yeah, Vaughn's looks good. So he might see the field as well. But if there's ever an injury to Pollard, forget about it. Both these backs are going to have involved. I think they'll have packages for Deuce, but I just don't think Deuce can sustain like any kind of regular role in the offense. He'll have. They'll have certain things they do with him, I think, but they know that he he can't he can't stand up to the NFL beating. He's tiny, tiny, tiny dude. CD Lamb, CD Lamb had a funny deal where he left. I think I sent that to you, where he left the little baby cleats on the trash can and said, "Don't <laughs> pick up the don't leave the stuff laying around the locker room." Got a little, <laughs> and little baby sneakers. Five foot five, hundred seventy nine pounds. Yeah, yeah, he's. Man, it, uh, I know Darren Sproles did it, but Sproles was built a little differently than. Than Deuce's built, but even Sproles didn't. I mean, he he still played more of a passing passing down row, and and Deuce ain't, is not going to have that role with the Cowboys because that's what Pollard does. So Sproles had him by a full inch. Yeah, Sproles was built. Sproles was built. He, I mean, he, he was a built dude. Yeah, five five's a little guy, man. Yeah, he, he made some of those cut. Kind of, he he just looks he looks small out there. I'm impressed by what he gets done though. He's an impressive dude. My wife's 5'2". I couldn't imagine her running around the NFL yeah, field. Running into that defensive line with 300-pounders. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. It's, kind of, it's kind of amazing. 
I mean, she runs into me and I'm 260, so it's not I yeah. guess, that big of a difference. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess we're out of picks. I was going to talk to Alex and then we'll see if we can add two rounds to these things. <laughs> I think the 10 minutes is a little short. We need two more rounds. There's some guys I like to stash. We'll have to wait for waiver wire to, to churn people. All right, so do we want to create more work for us on Sunday morning when we're in Vegas and, and do our free look kicker? Might as well. <laughs> it's not, well it's either that or take the nuts at kicker whichever one you want to do yeah there's there's we, we do have two two out there that i really like still but one if not both of them might be available sunday morning as well yeah yeah all the guys behind us pretty much have kicker so we can do your free look thing i like that kid too he uh he's got a big leg and i always look for a kick because i do so many of these drafts i, I hated drafting and then my kicker got cut or something and i missed it so but the the kicker I like, they said he uh, beat out the other kicker. So, and for those of you asking, what the hell is the free look? What is Dave and Billy talking about? Uh, FFPC Week One, because there's drafts on Wednesday, there's drafts on Thursday, there's drafts on Friday, there's drafts on Saturday. We're drafting all day, every day at the FFPC in Vegas, which starts next week. To make it even for everybody, for people drafting on Friday, people drafting on Saturday, they allow you to swap out or in players that were in the thursday night game so you do get a free look that's why we call it the free look so if we have let's just say that we were you know the team in the nine hole with amon ross St. brown and you plug him in for whatever reason he got shut down and maybe he puts up like three points you can pull him out of your roster um and start another player because he underperformed and you could only do it week one um as the other teams are drafting and getting filled and then after that it's it's business as usual you put them in they're locked at game time but week one you get a free look on the thursday night game so we get a good one this thursday or next thursday i should say we're a week away from from kickoff and we get kansas city and we get detroit on thursday the 7th dave one week from football can't ask for much better than that so free look riley patterson yeah that'd be great we'll take a look and if he doesn't work out we'll cut him and so what we're doing here, folks, is we take Riley Patterson, we get the free look at the kicker spot, and if uh, he doesn't do anything, we'll drop him on Saturday morning, or Sunday morning, I should say, Saturday evening, and we'll pick up a kicker going into Sunday slate, and then we'll swap him out. Brian asking how much this draft is. This is a $350 FFPC Fantasy Pros Championship draft. You can buy three packs for $1,000. You can also use code UNDERWORLD if you have not done any drafts at FFPC. And um, you get a $25 credit or $25 off your first team if you use code Underworld over at the FFPC. And um, you can utilize that for best ball. They have the Superflex tournament, the second one coming through now. Uh, those are $35 entries, so you could pick up your first draft for $10. Uh, or you can save that $25, and you could buy a three-pack of these Fantasy Pros Championship teams and Spend you know thousand dollars or nine hundred seventy five dollars uh, with that credit, and you can um, draft yourself a chance to get a million dollars because the money up top for this three fifty the Fantasy Pros Championship is one million dollars up top. Well, yeah. Dave, let's let's go ahead. I think the draft now we got two two spots left. Um, I have the whole board showing. I'll read off our team for the audio listeners, and then pick a team that you think is our main competition. For the money up top. So our team for the audio listeners from the seven hole, Stefan Diggs, AJ Brown, T Higgins, DeAndre Hopkins, Kenneth Walker as our RB one in the fifth hole, Brees Hall as our RB two. 
and RB22 off the board in the six hole. Gabe Davis as uh, our seventh round pick, Tyler Lockett, eighth round pick, Dalton Schultz as our ninth round, Samaje Pirine in the 10th, Kenneth Gainwell in the 11th, Tyler Algier in the 12th, Geno Smith as our quarterback one, and we're going naked, Geno Smith, no other quarterback on the roster in the 13th. Greg Dulcich is our tight end two, Rasheed Rice as um, our pick in the 15th, Hayden Hurst as our third tight end. It is tight end premium, folks, so 1.5 points per reception for tight end. That's why you see so much purple on the board. We take our first defense in round 17 with Baltimore. We get Evan Hole and Rico as some upside shots at running back uh, to finish off the team, and then we get our free look kicker in round 20. How do you feel about the team overall, and who's our biggest competition? Uh, I like the team. Uh, I think it's, we did a, a pretty good job on this one. Uh, for me, I like the four-hole, what he did. I might not like every player he took, but just his overall thought process and the way he constructed the team, uh, I give him an A, and I think he'll be – the main competition for us in this league. But for, other teams will emerge throughout the season. I like the nine-hole team too. Uh, but but just as far as what the, the four-hole did a really nice job in this draft, I think. Jared Hammer pumping himself up out of the two-hole. Let's just watch out for the 102. Um, let's, take yeah, a look at, let's take a look at his like, team. Cooper Cup, Chris Olave, yeah. Keenan Allen, Dallas Goddard, Justin Herbert, J.K. Dobbins, James Cook, Khalil Herbert. Quentin Johnson, Rashad Bateman, Elijah Mitchell, Tajay Spears, Boyd, Chris Evans, Lat Murray, Pittsburgh defense, likely Isaiah likely in 17, MVS in round 18, Jordan Love and Joseph. I like the team. He did a well, he did a good job. I mean, Goddard, I'm just so used to him going a, a lot later, but if you like Goddard and uh I like Herbert, I mean, I like the, I like the team. The team is definitely uh uh one of the uh, better teams in this league. So yeah, he, he took a lot of players I like and did a did a fine job. I think that's it, Dave. We're gonna be we're going to be back tomorrow, folks. We talked about it earlier. We're going to be doing the Terminator draft. Again, for those who are unfamiliar with it, it is a best ball league. It is $350 to enter, but it is a 26-round snake draft. That's the kicker, and the biggest kicker of all is you have to terminate or cut a player every single week as the season progresses. So it's a very unique format over at the FFPC. Thank you for tuning in. Dave, always appreciate you hopping on the podcast with me. Always appreciate your insights. You're a wealth of knowledge inside the field. Why don't you tell people where they can find you on Twitter? Uh, I don't even know my Twitter handle. <laughs> but but, but um, it's it's a bunch of numbers. A guy I used to draft with said, man, you need to be on Twitter. It was really a bad idea. I probably don't need to be on Twitter, but at least I've gotten <laughs> a little better at at uh, just uh, minding my own business on Twitter and leaving, trying to leave people alone. So, uh yeah, I don't. I, to be honest with you, Billy, I couldn't recite the numbers that I, that's my Twitter handle. <laughs> I'll tell everybody for it. Man. It's at it's at two zero eight eight five eight seven four zero. That is not his social security number. Do not try to steal his identity. <laughs> yeah. That is his Twitter handle at two zero eight eight five eight seven four zero. Had to double check it. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Have a good night. Thanks for joining us on the Dominator. Thanks, Billy. <laughs>